When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. This show features information, stories, candid interviews, and experiences with dyslexia at all ages. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Or if you're a new listener, thank you for joining me today. Have you ever wondered if a suggested treatment for dyslexia really works? Welcome to episode 20 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we're going to discuss strategies that don't help people with dyslexia. Be sure to tune into the very last section today as I've just found an amazing video about parents advocating for their children and trying to get their school system to stop using a program that does not work for their kids. And it aligns perfectly with our very last myth in today's episode. In our episode today, I'm going to refer to research or the videos that I've watched or another podcast that has some great information or examples. So make sure that you check out the show notes at parnelloeducation.com forward slash episode 20. I will also put the links in the episode description so that you can find them directly wherever you listen to this podcast as well. October is Dyslexia Awareness Month, so I created a great little dyslexia fact sheet for you that includes both the myths that we're discussing in today's episode, as well as other facts that help people better understand dyslexia. This handy little flyer gives some details about dyslexia that many people don't know, and it's a great resource to share with others for Dyslexia Awareness Month as you continue to spread the word about dyslexia. You'll find the link at the top of today's episode description. Now, before we get into this week's episode and all the details, one of the fantastic parents that I work with shared with me This American Life podcast episode 773, The Longest Distance Between Two Points. And the first seven minutes of this episode sound pretty much like every day in my office as I teach children with dyslexia how to read. Those first few months can be pretty bumpy as a child is learning how to read and many don't realize just how much work goes into it and all the things a child has to think about as they're learning how to read and how to sound out the words and follow the rules that are involved with learning how to read. Be sure to go check out that episode or at least those first seven minutes of it so that you can listen to what it's like for a kid to experience learning how to read. Now in that podcast, the child is describing how they learn to read and all the things that they think about. The strategies that he's using are very successful to help kids with dyslexia learn how to read. And in today's podcast episode, we are going to be talking about strategies that are not very successful in helping kids with dyslexia learn how to read. The first myth that we're going to be talking about today is that vision therapy will help kids with dyslexia learn how to read. Dyslexia is not a vision problem. Long ago, when they first started discovering dyslexia, they called it word blindness. Now, after many years of research, they've since proven it has nothing to do with vision. People with dyslexia have trouble processing language and they need explicit instructions for how the language patterns work. Many of the signs for dyslexia are things that are identified without ever even looking at a book. 
Many students are unable to hear the individual sounds within words or be able to segment them and pull them apart. They also have trouble identifying rhymes and they have trouble with word finding, which is being able to find the word that you mean to say. So sometimes they insert a lot of ums and uhs in a conversation because it takes them a while to figure out what word they mean to say. All of these factors are parts of dyslexia that have nothing to do with vision, which is why vision therapy is not a successful solution to kids with dyslexia. Now, don't misunderstand me. Vision should always be a factor before diagnosing a learning difference. Sometimes it really is a need for glasses that is causing a student to have a hard time learning how to read. But it's important to understand that vision is meant to rule out dyslexia, not be a treatment for dyslexia by changing their vision. So they are two separate problems, which every once in a while can go hand in hand. Sometimes a student has dyslexia, but also has a genuine vision issue that needs treatment. So for example, I've had some kids who have benefited from vision therapy, and they were ones who did not have dyslexia or their dyslexia was in addition to another physical or developmental condition that affected their eyesight. So for example, there was one student I worked with that had a developmental disorder that affected him globally, meaning many aspects of his development, and it had a lifelong effect on that child's vision. So that child did need ongoing vision therapy because of a condition unrelated to his dyslexia. I also have seen students with dyslexia also have a lazy eye and therefore needed vision help to help correct their lazy eye because their eye would wander and that made it harder for them to focus on the words with both eyes at the same time. And I've also had a couple other students who had a vision problem that was the cause of their reading difficulties and it was not any of the extra factors we normally see in students with dyslexia when they genuinely just had a vision problem. And so we were able to remove them from a lot of their remediation strategies because it turned out the student actually had a vision problem, not dyslexia. On to the next myth. Myth number two, special fonts help people with dyslexia to read. There are a couple fonts out there that claim to help people with dyslexia read better. It is absolutely critical to understand that fonts don't teach a person how to read. A recent study of these special fonts disproved their effectiveness. It showed people reading with this font did not have any increased accuracy in reading. Be sure to check out the article from Edutopia that is listed in the show notes on my website as well as in the show description where you're listening to this episode to read more about the research. This is not to say that fonts don't affect reading, because they absolutely do. Some fonts are much more readable than others. Some fonts present certain letters like an A, a G, and a Q in incredibly different styles that maybe a reader may not recognize if it's not the same pattern that they are used to seeing with however they learn to read. More ornate and decorative fonts are less readable than simple ones. And this applies to non-dyslexics too. But it can be extra challenging to understand two very different fonts that are representing the same letters, especially for someone with dyslexia who took a lot longer to learn those letters in the first place. Kids should be exposed to other fonts so that they can recognize different versions of letters when they see them. Another thing to remember when we think about picking a specific font is that there's no way to control the rest of the world and the print that a person is exposed to in the real world. Another thing to remember is that even if you like a specific font and find it easier to read, that's not the way the real world works. You can't just decide what font your menu was going to be in at a restaurant. You can't decide what font the sign in the subway station is going to be. You have no control over that. So it's important that students are exposed to various fonts and don't get heavily reliant on only using a specific one. Now, if you're typing an essay at home, or if you're doing an e-reader like a Kindle or something, and you can choose your font, 
absolutely pick the one that is more easy to read or more easy to quickly glance at and know what letters they are and not pick a more ornate one, but you can't be reliant on always using one special font. You never want a person with dyslexia to get overly dependent on a strategy that you can't replicate in the real world. Whatever strategies you use have to be universal. They can be applied pretty much anywhere and not something that can only be used under special circumstances. Now on to the last myth, which is leveled readers and balanced literacy. I can't even count the number of schools around me and around the country for that matter that rely on a balanced literacy or whole language approach to reading. It has been proven that it does not work for kids with dyslexia, and it also doesn't work very well for kids who don't have dyslexia either. One of the first questions I ask potential clients is what school their child goes to. Why? Because I've learned the curriculum usage in my area and which districts are heavily reliant on programs that absolutely do not work for dyslexia. It tells me how hard I have to work to break the child's habit of guessing words because they've never been taught how to actually read words without using the picture and guessing. Many times, students are sent home with leveled readers. Those are the ones that go A, B, C, D, E. And this is how parents are communicated with how their child is progressing. Is they're in a level A book, they're in a level B book, they're in a level D book. Have you looked at the spelling patterns in those books? The way those books are written, it is based on whether they're predictable and how simple the sentences are. It has nothing to do with how hard or how easy the words are to read. Sometimes a level D book might actually be harder to read than the level ebook because of the kinds of patterns that are in the words. It is not actually based on the patterns that kids are taught how to read because a lot of times the kids aren't taught the patterns in words. And that's what makes it so challenging for them to learn how to read. This week, I watched a video that brought me to tears because it hit so close to home as I heard the kids sharing their experiences with a curriculum that didn't work. Be sure to check out the film, Our Dyslexic Children. It is such a powerful video about how parents banded together and fought for change at their local school districts. The parents were able to work together to get the balanced literacy taken out of their school district, and they were able to make change for the good for the long term for other kids. Now, some of the parents that were doing this battle, their kids weren't even going to be in the district anymore. By the time the case was all settled, their kids were older but they knew that they were making a difference for other children and other families that were coming up behind them in the same schools. And so they made a video documenting their process of what they did to try to change the schools in their area. Another related myth is that whole language, which is that students exposed to enough rich text and read enough stories will be able to learn how to read. That's kind of like saying if you listen to enough guitar music on the radio, you'll magically know how to play the guitar. I don't know about you, but I enjoy a lot of music. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. There's a reason I teach reading and not music. And so we want to make sure that people understand learning to read is not something you learn by osmosis. By being next to enough books, you will learn how to read them. Students need explicit instruction on how to read. And the very last myth is that dyslexia can be cured. And I think my biggest thought on this is that dyslexia doesn't need to be cured. We need to change the way we teach all kids how to read. Kids with dyslexia have amazing minds, creative thinking, can think outside of the box, and have all sorts of amazing talents, such as music or art or sports. And I don't think we want to change kids like that. We want to let them grow up to be diverse adults that have different gifts than the rest of us have, so that we can continue to flourish as a society as each person contributes what they are talented at. And we would never want to change that. Dyslexia is not something to cure. 
We change the way we teach kids to read so they can become successful adults no matter what they do. It's important we cherish those strengths and we foster them, and that we don't kid ourselves that just because a kid learned how to read that they suddenly don't have dyslexia anymore. Students with dyslexia will always have dyslexia. They become adults with dyslexia, and that's okay. Instead, we teach them how to use accommodations like audiobooks, that you can use audiobooks for the rest of your life. And we teach them how to use spell check. And we teach them to use a peer to look something over before they hit send. We really want to make sure that we don't think of dyslexia as something that needs to be cured or that's something that goes away. It'll always be there. It might just look a little different. All right, to recap this week's episode. First, we talked about how dyslexia is not a vision problem. And therefore, vision therapy will not treat dyslexia. It will only treat vision problems. It is always important to rule out vision as a possible cause for trouble reading at school. Sometimes a student really does need glasses, and once you give them that tool, then they're able to learn more successfully at school. Next, we talked about how fonts don't teach kids how to read. And lastly, we talked about how balanced literacy and whole language approaches to reading aren't sufficient at teaching kids with dyslexia how to read, and they're not even very good for kids who don't have dyslexia. Because as soon as students are reading about words that they can't use context to guess the word or they can't use a picture to guess the word, then they're suddenly struggling. This is why many students are doing just fine in school until third or fourth grade, and then after that, they suddenly start failing and they're not doing as well anymore because books stop having pictures. Textbooks only have one picture for 20 paragraphs of text, and students have been taught to use the picture to figure out what the word says, and that strategy doesn't work anymore. We need to make sure that all students are exposed to a structured literacy approach that teaches kids how words work and why words are spelled the way that they are. All right, that's it for today. Don't forget to go download the dyslexia fact sheet that I linked in this episode description, or you can also find it at parnelloeducation.com forward slash episode 20. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.